here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Jeff Joyner. You might know me as Coaster Dad or Logan's Dad from Coaster Kids. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, this is Scott Schaefer from Upside Media, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Tracy Lysenberg with Saving Kiwi Foundation, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Michael Corelli from Jurassic Yearbook, and I'm Mr. DNA. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can dry up all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, David Cantu and Jenna Gassell. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Great. How's it going, Dave? It's going good, going good. Happy June 10th. Happy June 10th. Wow. Mid-June. We're already approaching mid-June. Where has the time gone? Flown by. (laughs) Well, let's hope summer slows down a bit. Really like to enjoy the summer months. I'm doing my summer adventure starting next week. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I believe you mentioned that a while back. So you're going to be teaching summer school for the first time. Yep. Wow. I, well, I wish you best of luck with that. I hope I hope the kids don't drive you nuts. <laughs> I'm only doing it for four weeks, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it's. Uh, I hope it. Well, you're going to be doing. You're going to be teaching them how to decorate. Correct baked goods and stuff like that so that might at least it'll be fun it'll be fun for these kids to do well guys i hope you guys are having a wonderful summer and i hope you guys are got your park plans in place and hope you guys are going to be hitting some of the parks with some of the newest attractions that have been opening this year you know you got bush gardens with iron guazi you got bush gardens williamsburg with pantheon King's Dominion's got a new coaster. Uh, let's see, we got Wonder Woman over at Six Flags Magic Mountain that I believe is uh, still underway. Might you have to cut that part out. Emperor <laughs> at SeaWorld. Gosh, there's just a lot of lot of incredible things. You need pretty much Airy Force One over at Fun Spot in Atlanta. There's a lot of new coasters opening up this year, and uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, that's a, a great change from what we've gone through the last two years. Yeah, exactly. You know, we thought COVID was going to hurt theme park industry. Actually, it's actually helped make the industry more stronger. It seems like everybody, everybody is flooding the parks this this year. It's uh, really amazing and glad to see all the businesses are bouncing back. Everybody's doing good. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be an incredible year. It's going to be a lot more fun than the last couple of years. Right. I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, Andrew is standing by with a very special guest today. We've got Ryan Chin from El Toyo Ryan, the YouTube channel. Very awesome to have Ryan on the podcast here today. Uh, so they are standing by here in the studio. But first, we are going to do our lovely segment called the YouTube Highlight Clip, Clip of, of the, the Week. week. It's the YouTube highlight clip of the week. The YouTube highlight clip of the week. It's a video that stands out because it's unique. It's the YouTube highlight clip of the week. All right, so in this week's YouTube highlight clip of the week, we are basically, since it's the month of June, usually around this time is graduation where people are graduating from high school, people are graduating from college. Uh, We highlighted this in our previous episode, but since for the month of June that a lot of people are gonna be graduating this year, there are always commencement speeches, a lot of incredible ones that go out at every graduation around throughout the country. We found a really awesome commencement speech that actually was given by the one and only Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey gave a really awesome commencement speech about his life. And I think it's very motivational. I think this is something that would be really good for everyone out there to listen because it shows a heartfelt story of what it means to succeed in life and also to find happiness. So take a listen. My father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that that was possible for him. And so he made a conservative choice. 
Instead, he got a safe job as an accountant. And when I was 12 years old, he was let go from that safe job. And our family had to do whatever we could to survive. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was that you can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. It's not the only thing he taught me, though. You know, I watched the effect of my father's love and humor and how it altered the world around me. And I thought, that's something to do. That's something worth my time. It wasn't long before I started acting up. You know, people would come over to the house and they'd be greeted by a seven-year-old throwing himself down a large flight of stairs. <laughs> they would say, what happened? And I would say, I don't know. Let's check the replay. I'd go back to the top of the stairs and come back down in slow motion. It was a very strange household. My father used to brag that I wasn't a ham, I was the whole pig. And he treated my talent as if it was his second chance. When I was about 28, after a decade as a professional comedian, I realized one night in LA that the purpose of my life had always been to free people from concern, just like my dad. And when I realized this, I dubbed my new devotion, the Church of Freedom from Concern. The Church of FFC. And I dedicated myself to that ministry. What's yours? How will you serve the world? What do they need that your talent can provide? That's all you have to figure out. As someone who's done what you're about to go and do, I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. <clears throat> because everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart, and all that will be left of you is what was in your heart. My choosing to free people, <clears throat> my choosing to free people from concern got me to the top of a mountain. Look where I am. Look what I get to do. Everywhere I go, this, I'm going to get emotional because when I tap into this, it really is extraordinary to me. I did something that made people present their best selves to me wherever I go. I've often said that I wished people could realize all their dreams and wealth and fame and so that they could see that it's not where you're going to find your sense of completion. Like many of you, I was concerned about going out into the world and doing something bigger than myself until someone smarter than myself made me realize that there is nothing bigger than myself. Because life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. How do I know this? I don't, but I'm making sound, and that's the important thing. That's what I'm here to do. Sometimes I think that's the only thing that's important, really, you know? It's just letting each other know we're here, reminding each other that we're part of a larger self. Your job is not to figure out how it's going to happen for you, but to open the door in your head. And when the door opens in real life, just walk through it. And don't worry if you miss your cue, because there's always doors opening. They keep opening. And when I say life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you, I really don't know if that's true. <laughs> I'm just making a conscious choice to perceive challenges as something beneficial so that I can deal with them in the most productive way. You'll come up with your own style. That's part of the fun. Oh, and uh, why not take a chance on faith as well? Not religion, but faith. Not hope, but faith. I don't believe in hope. Hope is a beggar. Hope walks through the fire and faith leaps over it. I used to believe that who I was ended at the edge of my skin. That I had been given this little vehicle called a body from which to experience creation. And though I couldn't have asked for a sportier model. <laughs> it was, after all, a loner and would have to be returned. <laughs> then I learned that everything outside the vehicle was part of me too. And now I drive a convertible. 
I am elated and truly, truly, truly excited to be present and fully connected to you at this important moment in your journey. I hope you're ready to open the roof and take it all in. You are the vanguard of knowledge and consciousness, a new wave in a vast ocean of possibilities. On the other side of that door, there's a world starving for new ideas, new leadership. I've been out there for 30 years. She's a wildcat. <laughs> oh, she'll rub up against your leg and purr until you pick her up and start petting her. And then out of nowhere, she'll swat you in the face. <laughs> it can be rough out there, but that's okay. Because there's soft serve ice cream <laughs> with sprinkles. I guess that's what I'm really trying to say here today. Sometimes it's okay to eat your feelings. <laughs> now fear is going to be a player in your life, but you get to decide how much. You can spend your whole life imagining ghosts, worrying about the pathway to the future, but all there will ever be is what's happening here and the decisions we make in this moment, which are based in either love or fear. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect, so we never dare to ask the universe for it. I'm saying I'm the proof that you can ask the universe for it. Please. I am at the top of the mountain, and I was, and I, the only... The only one I hadn't freed was myself, and that's when my search for identity deepened. I wondered who I'd be without my fame. Who would I be if I said things that people didn't want to hear? Or if I defied their expectations of me? And that peace, that peace that we're after, lies somewhere beyond personality, beyond the perception of others, beyond invention and disguise, even beyond effort itself. You can join the game, fight the wars, play with form all you want. But to find real peace, you have to let the armor go. Your need for acceptance can make you invisible in this world. Don't let anything stand in the way of the light that shines through this form. Risk being seen in all of your glory. My soul is not contained within the limits of my body. My body is contained within the limitlessness of my soul. Now I'm always at the beginning. I have a reset button, and I ride that button constantly. <laughs> Once that button is functioning in your life, there's no story that the mind could create that will be as compelling. The imagination is always manufacturing scenarios, both good and bad, and the ego tries to keep you trapped in the multiplex of the mind. Our eyes are not viewers, they're also projectors that are running a second story over the picture that we see in front of us all the time. Fear is writing that script, and the working title is, I'll Never Be Enough. I had a substitute teacher from Ireland in the second grade that told my class during morning prayer that when she wants something, anything at all, she prays for it and promises something in return, and, and she always gets what she wants. Well, I'm sitting at the back of the classroom, you know, thinking, wow, my family can't afford a bike, you know. So I went home and I prayed for one. And I promised I would recite the rosary every night in exchange. Broke it. Broke that promise. <laughs> but two weeks later, I got home from school to find a brand new Mustang bike with a banana seat and easy rider handlebars. Yeah. <laughs> from fool to cool. My family informed me that I had won the bike in a raffle that a friend of mine had entered my name in without, any, without my knowledge whatsoever. So that type of thing has been happening to me ever since. And as far as I can tell, it's just about letting the universe know what you want and working toward it while letting go of how it comes to pass. No matter what you gain, ego will not let you rest. 
It will tell you that you cannot stop until you've left an indelible mark on the earth, until you've achieved immortality. How tricky is this ego that it would tempt us with the promise of something we already possess? Relax and dream up a good life. So we have Andrew and Ryan standing by. Andrew, take it away. Thank you, David and Jenna. This is Andrew, one of the executive producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast with you. Today, I have a fun guest that we're going to have a good conversation with. I'm proud to welcome to the podcast from the El Toro Ryan YouTube channel, Ryan Shed. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. And uh, looking forward to chatting with you here. And you handle the channel is fascinating to me because I am from New Jersey originally. I've been to Great Adventure many times, which is my original home park, where I became an enthusiast. But I still have not been on El Toro because it's one of my white whales. It's always down when I'm there. Oh, no. Oh, so, man, sucks. Yeah, it's one of my white whales I'm planning on conquering this year, probably this summer, uh, maybe even sooner. So, you know, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? I'll tell them who you are uh, and your experience either, you know, certainly working at the parks and they've worked at the parks as well as covering the parks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Ryan Chen. I run the YouTube channel, Core Ryan. Um, and just like you, I'm from New Jersey also. I'm born and raised and I've always lived here. So um, I'm 26. I, I grew up with great adventure also. Nice. Um, and growing up, I was terrified of roller coasters. And I, I also struggled a lot with anxiety. I, had, I didn't really realize it until I was like a little older in high school. But at the time when I was like a little kid, that did kind of make me very analytical about um, things. I wouldn't really reach out as much to like my peers. I had like a small group of friends, but not too many outside that. But I would go to great adventure as a kid and I would see like Scream Machine running because, you know, I was still there. I would just watch the coasters and I was just completely uh, like in awe of them, like how they ran. And I got really into just watching them, but I was terrified to ride them. I wouldn't go near them. Um, I knew all the stats, all the like the heights, their names, all that stuff, but I wouldn't go on them. But then, you know, eventually I start, I overcame that fear, started riding things and I started feeling more confident as a person. And then I slowly just kind of grew and to the point where I am here, I guess now I worked at Great Adventure for four years. I briefly worked at Cedar Point also. And those really helped me grow also um, as a person and just feel more confident. And then eventually after that, you know, well, I started making the YouTube channel also. And then as that went, I just, you know, just kind of further and further, I just felt like even more comfortable. Nice. That's awesome. That's, I, I love that journey. And that, that journey is very much in sync with our mission and, and what we really like to talk about and, and kind of put out there to the universe and help people with. So uh, we're going to have some good conversations here. I can tell when we dig into some of these questions we're going to talk to you about. So that's awesome. And that, that's fantastic. So that I, yeah, that's great. And, and I knew had worked a great adventure at Cedar Point because, you know, again, mutual friend and some of the works for your channel, Mark, and we'll talk, talk about him a little bit later. Nice. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a character. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So in any case, but first half of the interview, we'll talk just about your love of coasters and kind of how you evolved with that and talk about some of that anxiety and fear stuff you alluded to. And then the second half, we'll talk about your channel specifically and, and uh, you know, what is unique and some interesting things about it and kind of how I came to find out about it, which is kind of a fun story and all that. So so in any case, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have fun. So we'll start off pretty simple here. What was the first coaster that you wrote or the one that you remember riding when you were young? So the one I, I definitely remember riding was um it, it was uh it was Roadrunner Railway. Um so it's little it's little devil coaster now at Great Adventure. Um, but when it was in its original location in the back of like Looney Tunes Seaport, I'm pretty sure I was five. Um, okay. that was definitely the first coaster I rode. Okay, okay, nice, nice. Yeah, five years old. That's I was four when I rode my first coaster, which was Space Mountain here in Florida in Oh, nice. So yeah, but that's, that's uh, one yeah. hell of a coaster to ride is your first coaster well yeah and an I airtime talk- machine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old I mean, <laughs> yeah yeah it's an old yeah it's still it's the uh, probably the last not the last original but it's the oldest of the remaining arrows that are space mountains because the first one of course disneyland was was taken out right yeah uh, you know and, and replaced by a Vacoma back in the for the 50th in 2005 but yeah yeah that's or actually, no, wait a second. I'm trying to, I'm, I might have my dates reversed here. I think, I think Disney World, I think Magic Kingdom went in first. It did, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. by a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I wrote it when I was four years old. I don't remember much about it, but I remember being scared. I remember the loading station. That's all I remember from those memories as a kid. So like being in the dark too and all that. Yeah, in the dark. And yeah. I, was, I didn't know where I was going to go and being, being restrained in. Yeah, it was like, it was new to me, so... But I think certainly I've changed a lot since then. It sounds like, you know, like you were saying earlier, we'll talk more about this. You know, you've gone through facing fears and 
obviously don't have the same level of fear about coasters anymore. It's not the little devil. It's like like it's just a small kitty coaster, basically. Yeah, it's like a little about. zamperla. It's like yeah, maybe like fifteen feet tall. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of first coasters for people. Not to see that yeah. one specifically, but other parks. But yeah, oh yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. cloned yeah. everywhere. So yeah, of course. Okay, so let's jump from that to probably something a little bigger than that coaster uh longer bigger taller faster etc but what would you say between when you were five years old and you rode that first one till today what has been the coaster the one coaster in your life that scared you the most intimidated you about getting on it etc well, i'll probably give you two coasters for this answer it just kind of has to go it goes with my anxiety because as a little kid i kind of like created a system of like, like a ride between let's say like 50 feet tall to 100 feet tall is like one class of scary and then like 100 to 200 feet like a different class um, so I had built this whole system in my head. And um, the first step was trying to get past like that 50 to 100 foot mark. Right. Um, so the first one I really rode to get me like start leveling up was Batman the Ride, nice. a great adventure. So I rode that in 2005 when I was nine. And I think I was, I had just hit 54 inches at that time. I was completely petrified. I was first time going upside down. You know, it's this coaster that it's 105 feet tall. So, right. you know, in my head, right. I'm like, oh my God, it's like it's this crazy tall coaster. It's asked my system that I've created. Right. And I got off it and it was amazing. I, I loved it and I felt so good about myself after that because like nice. a lot of my friends were you know they were riding coasters they didn't weren't scared and here right. i am obsessed with them like i know all these details and facts about them but i won't ride them it really right. helped me out a lot like just and then i kind of i started riding more and more coasters after that nice okay so familiar with that batman is the first batman i ever rode again growing up in new jersey <laughs> and i remember growing up there my big first coaster the one that really conquered a lot of my fear with coasters it's not the scariest coaster we've been on but it's certainly the one that conquered my fears was the Greater American Scream Machine, the old Arrow Mega. Oh, nice. A great adventure. I wrote yeah, it yeah. just a few years after it opened. It was amazing. And, you know, go figure. I could have went on lightning loops. Again, it was, I was still there back then. Mm. And, you know, just go on a single loop or a couple loop coaster. But no, I had to go on a multi-inversion. Yeah, it wasn't seven. my choice. It was my yeah. friends. I was there for a trip <laughs> in high school. And, my, and like you, all my other friends there already were into coasters or at least advanced to the point where they were okay with a big coaster like that. But I had not. So I had been on only small coasters, you know, only non-inverting ones. And they're like, oh yeah, come on, Andrew, you'll love it. You'll love it. It was the first coaster that we did that day. It was right in front of the park. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. So that's how I conquered in my fears. And then I became an enthusiast pretty much after that. I was like, well, my friends take me on all the coasters. And then I got a season pass to Six Flags. Never had one before. <laughs> Went there all that summer because I had been driving then. It was senior in high school, so I could go without my parents taking me. Oh. Later that summer, <laughs> I funny. remember seeing yeah, this kind of weird looking booth with Batman, you know, symbols on it outside. And it had inside of it, it had like, you know, old CRT TVs. This is before flat panel TVs. And they were playing a video of this coaster that I had never seen anything like it before. And it was under the tracks and it was going through loops and, you know, and, and all kinds of inversions, et cetera. And I was like, what is this? When can I ride this? And of course, next summer is when I wrote it, you oh, know, nice. when Batman opened. It was, of course, the video was the one in Great America because that was the first one. And, then, right. you know, but anyway, exactly what you're talking about there. Was, I love riding that coaster that next summer. So, yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned you had just hit 54 inches. So, typical height requirement for BM. It's not like you had those. Yes, we talked to some people we know, we'll ask them about this kind of thing and they'll say, well, I went through the line and then I, I chickened out. No, but they could have written it. But you, right. that was your first chance to write it because you were tall enough before that. So, and you were only nine years old, you said, right? Yeah, I was nine. That's pretty young to go on our coaster like that. I did, I did have a pretty big push because I have a little brother. His name's Tyler. Okay. Three years younger than me. He's not an enthusiast, but he, from a young age, he would ride everything. So it kind of oh. made me look bad. I kind of, you know, like, <laughs> and my parents would make fun of me for it. They'd be like, oh, Ryan, oh. you're obsessed with the coasters and you won't ride. <laughs> and I mean, it, it's funny thinking about it now, but back then I was like, oh, I can't let that happen. We were at Bush Gardens Williamsburg that earlier that summer in 2005 right. and this is when big bad wolf was still there yes. um so my brother was six and he went on it i refused i wouldn't even go on the line for it and then after that like they made fun of me so bad oh, um, not not like, oh. like not terribly but you know they like right teased me about it and then it kind of got in my head and <laughs> i was like all right i gotta do something so you had the peer pressure from your family i had the peer pressure from my friends yeah. in school and stuff okay i remember big bad wolf that big bad wolf i rode years earlier than that when i was like a middle school like junior high school and i again because it didn't go upside down i was cool going on it. i thought it was kind mm -hmm. of cool because it's been on the track. My big fear was going upside down. That was like oh, the yeah. big fear I faced initially making the big jump into bigger coasters. Oh, so yeah, I feel that. Yeah. You, you mentioned briefly, and we might come back to Batman here, but you mentioned there was another coaster. I'm guessing yeah. a taller coaster. Yes. So is it Batman that you would say scared you the most, or is it the, this other coaster? I'd say overall? it was Batman that scared me the most, but a okay. ride that like broke all yeah. my fear, but I was completely terrified.
terrified of. I was okay. King Naka. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. Okay. okay. I remember that. You were going to ask me something about it. Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say, so I'm guessing because the oh, wait, you sound pretty technical. Are you kind of an engineer in, in your like day job or anything like that? Uh, yeah, or? actually, I have an engineering degree. I, I'm a civil engineer. and I Nice. Okay. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an optical engineer. I work in engineering as well. Oh, nice. I'm oh, pretty awesome. technical. Yeah, you're probably similar to me. I love riding coasters. I love looking at them and yep. hearing them just like anyone else. But I also love all how they work and all the different um, technologies. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Engineer, so <laughs> yeah. cool. I, I was definitely sensing the technical side there with you. That's cool. So I'm sensing that height is a big deal. Like, was height a big yes. fear thing for you? It was okay. a huge thing for okay. me. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It was never an issue for me, which I know I'm a little bit unique in that regard because most people, height is like a big thing. For me, it was the inversions. But again, each of us has our different yeah, play and all that. Yeah. You know? Okay. So let's talk more about Batman. Well, we'll probably talk about King of Ka later because that's a legendary coaster and also in the world and all that. But oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. So Batman. So you already kind of touched upon these things, but what would you say was, was it like, you know, before you got on the ride, you know, going through the queue and, and what were you feeling? What were you thinking? Oh, it was just straight anxiety. Right. Um, I was just trying to picture, cause I, I had no idea of what it was like to go upside down. I was, I was just trying to imagine like, what's it like to go upside down? And I'd tell myself, oh, there's, but there's not one inversion. There's five of them. Like, I'm going to have, like, what if I don't like the first one? Then I'm going to have to go with all, you know, the four that come after that. Right. Uh, or what if the drop, you know, what if I can't handle that drop? I think it's like an 80 foot drop. So yeah. What if, you know, what yeah. if I can't do it? And, you know, 2005 and I was nine. So, you know, there's no like smartphones or anything to go on and try to distract yourself with anything. You're just right. standing there um, just in the moment then that we don't really have anymore. But, you know, just... Right. Yeah, uh, it was it was bizarre. <laughs> yeah, you're standing there. You're with your family, right? Your parents, your brother. I was just with my mom, actually. Just yeah, my mom. mom was bringing me on. My my brother, my little brother, wasn't tall enough yet, so he was. Oh, my dad, I guess, were waiting outside. So yeah, I it was see. me and my mom. It was like a half hour wait. Right, but your mom, waiting. of course, yeah, being one of your parents that was teasing you before this. Yeah. <laughs> so you had this pressure, you know. To, okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. So obviously, you went on it. We know the kind of the the 2020, you know, hindsight on that one. But so talk to me about, you know, you mentioned you felt great and everything, but talk to me about a little more detail about what you felt after you got off the ride it was just it was like freedom almost like like all the the systems i had created in my head like we're just kind of like in a way like redundant after that i kind of realized the whole time like i was just like creating this fear out of for no reason and i was just right. making it worse for myself and that right. i could i should just go and like ride these rides and just conquer things it just felt so great gotcha now you were again still very young back then and you identified batman as being kind of the one that scared you the most your whole life now yeah. did you continue to feel anxiety on other coasters but like the first time you went on it did actually yeah i would for like another year i still felt anxious every time I got in a new coaster. Right. And then eventually you got to the point where even though you had never been on that, see that it's a clone first time on a unique model or you eventually got to the point where you've never been on it, but still you weren't anxious. You were just excited. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that happens, you know, to give you an example. I mean, this wasn't the first coaster I felt this way about, but I just rode Steel Vengeance for the first time last year, this past summer. Oh, nice. I, yeah. I just hadn't been to Cedar Point in a few years. You know, I live in Florida. Yeah. I lived in, lived in Neural Ohio. So I finally got back to her. Last time I been there was 2017 so i just missed you know, oh, okay. right here yeah. so one of the tallest rmc's steep drop you know long ride lots, lots of airtime and very intense coaster it's very formidable just looking at it i was not nervous at all about getting on it you know i and i've been that way with coasters for a long time now and a little bit more recently i've gotten to the point where even the first time i ride a coaster i've got my hands up the whole time oh, nice. yeah. yeah and you know so it's that progression of that comfort that conquering fear and one of the things we talk about on the podcast here is that fear which is an aspect of the mind, of course, it's psychological. It's, it's really no different than, you know, physical based things like strength training, going to the gym. The more you do it, the better you are, the stronger you are. So the more we face fear or put ourselves in these sort of potentially anxiety producing situations, the better we are able to handle situations like that moving forward. And that goes beyond coaster. Goes beyond oh life. yeah. Yeah. In regular so, life and, yeah. It goes yeah. into regular life. And that's where a lot of where I believe theme park therapy comes from. There's other aspects to it too, but yeah. So it's just kind of curious to kind of hear or kind of see your progression so okay so obviously you know you got into coasters more after riding batman you were you know less anxious about getting on them etc how would you say that riding batman conquering your anxiety your fear on batman how did it impact your life i definitely felt like more just more confident as like a person you know i, I was still a kid so right. but it, it definitely helped me like connect more with my peers i'd say just 
you know, I just felt less fearful in situations and uh, I was just like probably more talkative. I think I wrote Batman in August of 2005. So I was like heading into fifth grade. So I was, I was like, right. It was like right before I turned 10. Right. Um, but going into fifth grade, I felt confident and I, and I made a bunch of new friends. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, it, was, it was just good for me overall. Nice. It's certainly I felt as the years have gone by, as I've gotten more involved as an enthusiast and getting to know more people and traveling more and going to more parks. And I've found myself, I've always been at, well, I would say always in high school, I was more introverted, but by college, I was definitely more extroverted. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just as the years have gone by, again, being an enthusiast, especially the past three years or so, because I lived in California for 20 years. Oh, nice. And I moved here to Orlando in 2018. Okay. And Susie, you know, out in California, I'd go to Ace events and stuff like that, but I wasn't really connected to the community, if you will, that much. And then meeting David and then moving to the theme park capital of the world, you know, and then I started meeting people, you know, I met Austin, Mark, and we'll talk about more, but, sure. uh, and others. And, you know, I just getting involved with the community and the, yeah, there's any community has its bad apples, but I've met a lot of largely positive, great oh, there's, people. There's so many good people. In the yeah. yeah. So many great people, so many great friends that I've made and kind of that along with all going on these coasters so often and going to the parks more often is, you know, because I've lived a lot, I live a lot closer to the park uh, here in Florida than I lived in California, the traffic oh, okay. in California. So I could go more. All right. Yeah. So yeah, all that, puts, all that put together, I've just found myself more outgoing, more mm. confident, you know, hanging around people and be able to be more myself and, you know, be funny and, you know, just, just be more outgoing in general. So I can relate to what you're saying there. It's, it's, I think it's a part of what happens with the social aspect of the community as well. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So also real we, quick is yeah. you hearing like the background of like my wife talking? Cause she, I think she's I, like on. I heard just, a, just briefly there. We'll cut this part out of course, uh, okay. but it, I don't hear it anymore. So obviously coasters, you know, help conquer your fears, your anxiety, helped you kind of be more, you know, true to yourself, more outgoing and more social. So that that's fantastic. Is there any other ways that going beyond the anxiety, but just coasters and theme parks in general have had a significant positive impact on your life? Yeah. So something I haven't mentioned yet is I also grew up as a skateboarder. Um, oh. so I was very into skateboarding um, around that same time, actually, is when I got into skateboarding. I still do it every now and then, but like in high school and like middle school, I was like an active skateboarder college too, like, like every day. Definitely riding because, you know, skateboarding is a big thing where you can't have fear either. Learning tricks or doing different things, different obstacles. And roller coasters are a big help because it helped me overcome a lot of that fear. So like when I would, you know, I'd say I'd ride a new roller coaster as, an, as a kid or as uh, like a younger teenager, it would help me feel more confident like on my skateboard so that I could go and do things. And I actually got pretty good at some old skate videos from like earlier in the 2000s and it really helped me out a lot. Very cool. So basically conquering anxieties and fears helped you be more brave with skateboarding. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense. I mean, I definitely consider myself a thrill seeker. I'm not a skateboarder. Mm -hmm. My issue, and this is not a fear thing. This is just knowing my own limits thing. I am not the most coordinated person. I'm not an athletic person, sports and all that. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the ocean. I, I'm a bodyboarder, which I, that I'm pretty good oh, at. Nice, nice, nice. But where I know my limits is I've tried surfing, stand-up surfing. You know, I lived mm -hmm. in California for 20 years. My parents, and we used to have a condo in Long Beach Island, New Jersey, like right on the beach. So I've oh, been cool. around the ocean most of my life. Yeah. So stand-up surfing, I just don't have coordination for it. So again, I accept my limits. Likewise, I'm not a good skier, snowboarder, skateboarding. So, you know, on the other hand, you know, things that I can do that are more on the thrill-seeking side that don't involve that level of coordination. I've, I've ridden sport bikes for years. And, oh, nice. You know, again, it's all part yeah, of yeah. the thrill-seeking nature. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like the adrenaline from it. Yeah. yeah. Just, we love to chase it, you know. <laughs> exactly. So that's not surprising at all. I think for all I know, we've had other guests on that turns to skateboarding and the first to mention it, but it mm -hmm. totally makes sense because it is, you know, you can do aerials. And so, yeah, that's that's really cool. Okay, so we'd ask you a few more questions. These are going to be some fun ones here. Sure. Uh, just about coasters in general. Then we'll talk more detail about your YouTube channel and everything else. So what is your coaster count? How many coasters have you been? I think it's 574. Pretty sure 574. it's 574. Nice, nice. Not bad for mid-20s. Yeah. So <laughs> not you. bad at all. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so you've been on a lot of coasters. Almost 600. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So of all those coasters you've been on, I'm sure some, many of them have been on more than once. So what has been your craziest moment ever on a coaster? It's going to sound really weird, but uh, it was the break run on edge of nika at fuji q highland okay i've been on that coaster yep oh yep. nice okay i've been it's... on all three of the hour 40 oh, oh man i'm so jealous yeah. it's awesome yeah yeah <laughs> that's great, great. I, i'm yeah. missing dinaconda nice yeah that break run it's just because of what it is because it's like you know you, you hit a break run on any coaster but right. it's like oh, all right the ride's over you know right. like, it's just like a most of the time like a smooth gentle stop and edge of nika the seat tilts so that your head goes into like that yeah. and it's right. like you feel like you're gonna get your head cut off for a second but you're right. not expecting that my first ride i was i didn't, I didn't know the ride did that so right. like I, I i like freaked out i was like 
oh my god <laughs> yeah that, that was insane <laughs> yeah the arrow 40s are so insane they are uh, and in fact i alluded to this earlier I say that I prefer to XQ this way because it's the one here in the US. It's the one I have the most experience with. I right. opening year, I wrote it just a few years ago and many times in between. But opening year, I, nice. Yeah. I've been on Ijanaika and Dinaconda both once. But what I'm about to say is true for all three of them because they both have very similar layout. All yeah. three of them. The first drop on those coasts, because of the nature of them, because you're flipped over, placing straight down, you can't see any. The, that is the scariest moment I have ever on a coaster. Even to this day, I've been on it many times. Again, I'm not feeling anxiety but it's mm. like the closest I can come to be like, you know, like, being well, scared. Like, like yeah, in that moment. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, in that moment. <laughs> it's like, it, oh my it's God. Yeah. The best, I mean, they're not the tallest. They're not, you know, they're not beyond 90 degrees and all that stuff, but they are mm. so intense for what oh, they absolutely. are. Yeah, absolutely. So, no one has ever used Ijanaika as their craziest moment of coaster. So congrats on <laughs> that. Sweet. So. <laughs> what would you say is, and maybe I know this already, maybe yeah. I don't from your name. What is your favorite coaster? So it's actually, it's not El Toro, but it's, it's actually, not. it is, it's Ijanaika. It's oh. just, yeah. Okay. El Toro's like right behind it. It's, okay. it's somewhere up there. But okay. yeah, that, that, it's just the craziest coaster I've ever been on. It's absurd. Like just how ridiculous it is. And like how like what you were saying about the first drop. I don't remember X2 as well. And I was really, I missed it when I was in California in January because it was closed. Okay. But right. I, like, I can vividly remember Edge and Ica's first drop. And I just remember how late it felt like because like the seat kind of flips as you're pulling and going into the, it just felt like it was happening too late. Like I just felt like we're on the ground still staring, you know, like in the position where you're looking down. Right. And then it's some resulted like last second in that moment like i was completely freaked out and then like the rest of the ride was just kind of like that like just you know interesting it, it, it just yeah it blew me away <laughs> when was the last time you wrote h it was november of 2018 okay so not too yeah. long ago yeah. and did you ride multiple rides that visit or i only got two on it i, I got two. two rides yeah outside seat inside seat yeah i did both my first ride was an outside seat and car five the last row okay and then my second was inside seat car four okay and when's the last time you wrote x2 it wasn't that much long before that it was it was like May of 2017. Okay. But in between those two rides, I rode so many new coasters. It was like a, a 200 coasters. And I just, okay. it just the memory kind of, I just can't pull it in my brain. I don't know right. why. I just can't put it together like how it felt. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm getting at here, because Mark and I have had debates, because Mark, Mark, you know, has been on Dinaconda, China, China, China Dinosaur Park, like right. I have. My opinion, and again, it's all, you know, we talk about how rough a ride is. It's very dependent upon when you ride it, if things change mm. and things go through yeah, age, absolutely. they're not maintained. My experience is that. Edge and Nika. And now keep in mind, I wrote in 2007. Okay. That's when I was there. I've only been there once to, to FujiQ. That was the most, at the, up to that point, because that X was, you know, six years old at that point. That was a smoother ride than X. It was newer than X. Now I wrote China, uh, Dinaconda, like a tongue twister. I wrote <laughs> Dinaconda. I wrote that in 2019. Okay. And I found it extremely rough. Mark goes off on number one. And, and yeah, so you've not been on Dinaconda. I get that. But yeah. what your comparison of Edge and Nika, you obviously said it's, you know, it's your favorite, you know, X2 is not. Did you find that? Edge and Ica was smoother than say your last X2 ride. So honestly, I don't remember X2 being all that like insanely rough. I just remember at the legs hitting, but I don't think my legs were flat on uh, Edge and Ica. Okay. And I, I want to say it was smoother. I didn't think it was rough when I wrote it. I thought it was like comfortable still, okay. but just, you know, like completely insane and intense, but right. I never yeah. found it ridiculous. And okay. people tell me that X2 can get pretty bad. Yeah. Um, like on that last Raven turn. And I just it's, don't remember it. I don't hate X2. I can mm. potentially marathon it one for the yeah. crowds and everything else and the operation, but <laughs> uh, you know, you worked at Great Adventure, but anyway, so it's not that it's uncomfortable. It's just it's it's gonna be disconcerting. I don't like rattle on coasters. My favorite, which is Velocicoaster, it can get a rattle. It has rattles yeah, sometimes, right? Yeah, because it's dependent upon maintenance and I guess tightening bolts at nightly on trains and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it's never that annoying. But X2 can pretty much all of the rides I've had on it in the past ten years mm -hmm. have been very rattly. Oh wow, very okay. rattly. But so I was just curious to get your perspective. Oh yeah, you would you both. say it was smoother? as X, like when you first wrote it. Okay, so let's go on the time machine here. So <laughs> yeah, I wrote it, again, I lived in California for 20 years. I was a static class holder for many years there. Matching Mountain was my home park. I lived in San Diego two different time periods. Um, April of 2000 until May of 2005, mm. for about five years. And I remember going up to Magic Mountain as a pass holder. Season pass previews, one of the first days that they, I think they had it over like a week or two. And uh, with my buddy, one of my coaster enthusiast friends at the time, I remember riding it at night for the first time. Mm. What, and it was with the original heavy arrow trains that one's been and it was butter smooth you know you can go on a given coaster and you can compare it to something else it's like an evolution of something else yeah totally. but it's rare that those coasters come along you know rmc you can probably say about rmc but it's rare that coasters come along the way they're so different than anything else you've ever experienced with like a step you know a huge leap and that's what
what X was, of course. Mm-hmm. Nothing existed. Yeah, nothing was like world. it. Yeah. So that first ride on it, oh my gosh. It was my number one for many years because of nice. you know, yeah. and, and it, yeah, it was incredibly smooth. It did not have that rattle. But you know, that's unfortunately what happens with steel coasters, especially if they're not maintained yeah. well. So, right, exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so going to the other end of the spectrum, what would you say is your least favorite coaster? I think right now I would have to say um Hellcat at uh, Clementson Park here in New Jersey. I've never again, I grew up in New Jersey. I've never been at Clementson. So I'm with Hellcat. What is that? Oh, it's an SNS Woody. Oh. The park is down in South Jersey. Right. Like past Cherry Hill, I'm pretty sure, and like down in that area. Yeah, I've heard of Clementson. I just never been there. I need to go oh, okay. there. It's a smaller park. So it's an SNS Woody and it's just really rough or it was, poor, it was poorly built and poorly maintained. So when you watch the ride run, there's just, you know, it's like say it's going over like camelback. Right. Like, the train is not smoothly changing in like angle. It right. jerks. Like it, it suddenly just pitches like forward 10 degrees, pitches forward another 10 degrees. So now, oh. you know, imagine doing that at the top of a hill, which is like, okay, it's not like insane, but doing that now at the bottom of a pullout, like immediately out of the first drop, it was the roughest coaster I've ever been on. Okay. I, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was wow. Insane. Pretty bad. I mean, they're probably the roughest wooden coaster I've been on. Well, I mean, there's different ways you can define roughness, but like hot holy wise right, is... Yeah. First and actually only visit thus far I've made to Suplex over Georgia, Great American Scream Machine there back in 2019. I had a feeling you'd say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. It's almost like that park used to have two RMCs, if you know what I mean. But yeah. But yeah. So I'm a weirdo. I actually love Great American Scream Machine. At, well, at least the last time I wrote it in 2018. I thought the airtime hills were absurd. They are. I agree. They're they're good, but it's so hot only. And I think I was just yeah. on not much sleep. And I guess it's just like oh. that combined with like a young and dumb 20-year-old. That was like at the time. <laughs> I was just like, this is is great yeah and like i don't know if i'd say the same thing if i wrote it today definitely then it was just <laughs> i loved it <laughs> all right well speaking of young and dumb 22 year olds <laughs> you know i'm going with this and so in 2019 you know we, before we started recording david was talking about the how coaster challenge has evolved over the years and one of our bigger moments as a channel was i have been very very fortunate over the years and i'm very thankful i don't take it for granted to have traveled for various jobs being an engineer all over oh, the world i have amazing international credits I, there's so many coasters internationally i've not been on yet mm-hmm. but i've been on a bunch and my last big international trip was in march of 2019 and i had to go for work for two weeks to china nice a couple weekends And I took some vacation time. I'm very crafty with international trips with work Mm. to make the most of them. I mean, I hit like five parks, Shanghai Disney, Haishan Ocean Park, of course, China Dinosaurs Park, we talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, Hefe Wanda, which was amazing. It's Mm. so, yeah, it's just amazing. Oh, it's awesome. While I was there, this guy messages me. I think it was on Twitter. I was on Twitter back then. I'm not anymore. And his name was Mark. And he starts (laughs) asking me all these questions about China. And he tells me that, yeah, he's met David. You know, of course, he would cancel from Coaster Challenge. Yeah. That's how he found out about me. So it comes to pass that, you know, I'm in China and he was going to be in China like a coming couple of weeks later. So it was kind of like this perfect storm, if you will. You know, I was there so I could relay information to him. And he, of course, being just a couple of weeks away from going there, obviously we'd already been planning and information. So we were sharing information with each other. But I quickly learned, number one, how crazy he is. This is Mark, of course, from your <laughs> He's channel. He's insane. I love him. It's <laughs> insane because he was telling me, oh, yeah, if you... If you take this train, go three hours out of the way, you can hit this one credit. And yeah. and then he's telling me about this. He's obsessed with this Gib, you know, giant inverted boomerang, right. uh, which I think are the best of those models of all of the Bagoma boomerangs, the third gen, basically, with the vertical towers. I love Deja Vu, by the way, also. All right. Yeah. Year. What a crazy year, by the way, for Metro Mound. They got three yeah. coasters. One Completely of them absurd. It's insane. And Deja Vu is amazing that opening year. But again, it started downhill from there, not in a good yep. way. Anyways, he tells me to go on this Gib. That's in the middle of Shanghai. It's the only credit there. And I'm like, Mark, I mean, I only have so many hours in the day. I need to get my sleep. And we, a friendship was born from that. And you know, it turns out he's in Florida, just like me. And anyway, we met up, you know, soon after that in person, after he got back from China. And, you know, we've been friends ever since. I see him usually several times a week and nice. learn how crazy he is. Just from your perspective as the founder of the channel, what do you think sets El Tor Ryan apart from other coaster enthusiast channels? Definitely from the start, I did not take it seriously at all. One bit. I purposely tried to make the videos as silly and dumb as I could. And just <laughs> like, just capture like what we were really doing at the park. It's going to be like, the, hey guys, we're at Walt Disney World. Today we're going to go check out this pavilion, you know, like real formal and like informational, I guess, like right. in the parks. I wanted right. to go to the parks and be, let's just make it, let's make chaos. Right. <laughs> so you're basically at the opposite end of say uh, Tim Tracker or like Theme Park Worldwide. 
yeah, yeah, put, yeah like just yeah put me on the other side of them right <laughs> like i'm right. Doing, yeah they're serious right. and like educational i'm just like i'm right. in a park yeah what's up dude that yeah it's just <laughs> <laughs> antics and stuff yeah and i think there's room for both of those things i mean certainly i mean you know the the informational ones the blog on from theme park worldwide i've met him he's good friends with some really close friends of mine here in orlando where i have you know back then and got to got to hang him for a little bit really nice guy and, you know, i was curious you no know, i'd never heard of him and i start i meet him and i some of his coverage of velocicoaster when he was here in florida oh, nice. and you know he does a really great job he's just very oh yeah, yeah professional I yeah yeah and, I, and he doesn't skip a beat like he's a really good speaker and you know he's great he's great oh yeah it's uh, fantastic <laughs> it's yeah, fantastic yeah he's fantastic so i mean he's one of the bigger he's not really a coaster enthusiast he's more of a theme park enthusiast, oh, oh yeah theming, absolutely which yeah. i can relate to because i am I love both. I love theme parks and high immersion, but I also love coasters. But, you know, he's certainly one of the bigger theme park coaster type channels for sure. Yeah, I mean, you guys have some hilarious videos. And Thanks. I know that Mark still works with you. And I guess Logan's not following more, but I know Logan. He lives here in Orlando again. Right, yeah, yeah, he lives here. down in Florida. Yeah. And I've hung out with him and I've seen how crazy he can be. And Mark yeah, is <laughs> off the wall. Yeah, oh yeah. And the two I, of them together is really funny too. <laughs> and I, I, of course, you know Tim Holleran. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I love Tim. So Tim's a good friend of mine. Tim is awesome. Because of my friendship with him, I joined Coaster Crew. Mm. And this year I joined January 1st, kind of made it like, I'm gonna, this is my new thing for this year for right, Coaster. New Year's Day. Yeah, New Year's Day, <laughs> like New Year's resolution. I'm joining Coaster Crew. So I was already in September and I'm still oh, in September. Okay. And I'd been part of Coaster Crew. I joined it like four years ago when I'm from mm -hmm. Florida. But I was so busy that year. I never did a singular event. I'm like, I haven't met yeah. Tim yet. I didn't know anyone in Coast, but now I've gotten to know Tim and he's such an awesome guy. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's well, great. One of the ways he's super awesome, and we actually, we've had him on the podcast here as well. He is such a patient person. Yeah. So I've watched your videos and I love how you do these kind of little funny little edits on them. And like, he's just kind of spoofy parody, you know, yeah. bit, like Coaster Studios, like Taylor does, but he does it in a more serious sort of funny way. You're just kind of just off the wall. It's entertaining. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So for sure yeah i appreciate that speaking of your videos being so funny and maybe you have maybe a couple answers for this it's fine i realize it might be typical to step one but what would you say would be your funniest video you have released and why or maybe your funniest moment in one of your videos i don't know i could say which one was the funniest video i could definitely say like one of the funniest moments at least to me was in like january of 2019 me mark and logan were in mexico and we were at guadalajara and we had we had went to selva magica you know we missed bullet because bullet was closed and then we went we were going through selva magica trying to find credits that we were just looking through on RCDB. We, we found a dragon wagon that was like in the middle of like a park. It looked like a temporary amusement park set up. We walk up to the dragon wagon and we asked if we could ride and we were like clearly too tall. Like they, they had a sign there and they're like, we were way too tall. So instantly we start trying to like wager with them. Hey, we'll give you like 70 pesos. Will you let us ride? And when you translate that to American dollars, that's like $3 right. for us. So we got, you know, the guy is like a teenager. He's like, and he like walks out, was in some booth and he comes back and he's like, okay, yeah, you guys can ride. So he gave him <laughs> 70 pesos and we got on the ride. And I think that's all we paid to get on it too like we didn't even buy like a, a ticket or anything to get on if i remember right <laughs> and then he let us on this ride we weren't supposed to be on, like built on the city street and it was it was wow. hilarious that's like definitely one of my favorite moments like from a that, trip or something wow and that was the whole thing you talking to him negotiating with him what was in the video yeah, I think so. I think we had like little clips of it. Right. I, I can't remember if I filmed him directly. For anyone watching, it's in the Selva Magica video. If you look that up, it should show up in that one. But yeah, I think we captured that. And then like we filmed him walking away and then I think coming back. And then like maybe we showed the 70 paces we gave him. But <laughs> yeah, it was, it was hliriously. Like, <laughs> and actually, I've not seen that video before. But what I like about the story, you know, I've lived in the South now, basically, for a mm. long time, either California oh, yeah, totally. or Florida. Yeah. So now, of course, Florida doesn't border with Mexico, but California certainly does. And before California, I lived in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So I've been in Mexico, the border cities, the worst parts of Mexico many times. Yeah. yeah. And the, one of the things, of course, about Mexico is it's all about the bartering, you know, when you go to, when go to the oh, bazaar yeah. stores and stuff. Right, yeah, so right, I love right. that you guys, you're in Mexico and you're bartering to get on a coaster. That's fantastic. Yeah, like so a kitty coaster. The, yeah, dragon wagon. That's, yeah, it's like, it's like the dumbest thing ever. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what hilarious. we're bartering for. We could, we could care less about anything else, but oh, it's a coaster, like a kitty coaster? Like, let us on. And we want the credit. <laughs> so it's so stupid. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So how long ago did you start the channel, by the way? Uh, that's a good question, actually. So technically the channel, I've had this channel since like 
2010 but it originally wasn't roller coasters of skateboard right. and then i called I call asian skater i'm super mixed by descent so i'm like half like black and caribbean on my mom's side and i'm okay. half chinese from my dad's side Blasian, um, i get oh yeah okay, that's yeah cool. like that's so okay. I, I combined them okay. together and i was like something never kids called me that growing up and I, that was like my <laughs> my theme i guess i was like yeah i'm Blasian. but i had a skate channel for all that and then in 2017 when i graduated college and i started going on more trips like park trips at that point i had already kind of like mentally fallen more out of skateboarding right. more into roller like much more into roller coasters this is after i worked a great adventure right. and then i went to holiday world for hollywood nights in 2017 oh. and then i filmed like an off-ride video of voyage and like the walk back and i was like hey i'm gonna post it on youtube but i didn't want to make it skateboarding still so i changed the name to el Tor ryan and then went from there oh. and then it just it just spawned from that and then it's just gone since then oh, okay so when i met mark in march of 2019 so i met him you know twitter what i what was you know right yeah across the world you know in china he was back here in florida and I actually met him in person the next month after I got home and he got home. But uh, so it was like at that point, the channel was only a couple years old. So it wasn't that old. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and when I switched it from from Blasian Skater to El Toro Ryan, it maybe yeah. had like 160 subs, like 160 subscribers. All right. Now you're almost under a thousand, right? Yeah. Getting there. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. 93,000. Yeah. I mean, that's very solid. I mean, we've had Coaster Studios, you know, Taylor and Sarah on the show. Oh, yeah, and yeah. They're, they're like, I think 200,000 now. Yeah. They're, um, they're climbing up. Yeah. There. yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're huge. Yeah. And we've had Austin on uh, in first season. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good friend. Yeah. He's of mine. A grown too, like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's I love all of them. and Austin's yeah. amazing with his concept POV. It's just amazing. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he's so good at that stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's very technical in that regard. And I yeah, think cool. if you haven't checked it out, check out my interview with him, which was in our first season. Basically, oh, okay. what, yeah, we did is we did the interview right after Velocicoaster went into previews. Oh, nice. Because he and I had been on it already. He and I, along with Mark and Kaylin, you know, the Florida crew here. Yeah, yeah the Florida crew. We got to ride Velocicoaster for the filming Universal did in April right. before it even opened the public, which is amazing to ride a, like, amazing new coaster before the public, you know, like that. Austin and I had already had a bunch of rides on the rides when people are not even experiencing it for the first time yet. Yeah. Come May, when people are just getting their one ride on it, well, some more than one during previews. Mm. So, we, you know, we interviewed him kind of around that time. So we release it for Velocicoaster's opening. So, you know, we, we talk about his concept POVs, talk about Velocicoaster specifically and kind of the elements of Velocicoaster a little bit. We get the technicals and kind of what we yeah. thought of the ride. But yeah, so check it out, you know, since I know you're a fan of his. He's definitely growing. He's a newer channel. He really oh, yeah, started yeah. growing once he moved here. So that was back in 20, late 2018, early 2019. Right, so yeah. he's only been around for a couple of years, but he's like, I think around 30, 40,000 now. So. I think he's over 50 now. Or maybe yeah, over 50. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's growing. He's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's doing really well. I'm really proud of him because he puts oh, a lot too, of work yeah. into yeah, it. So, yeah. So, you know, so you're kind of in the middle of the pack there between him and, say, you know, Taylor, Taylor and Sarah and everyone else. But you've obviously done well for yourself. I didn't realize you're only for four years now, five years. That's pretty impressive. Mm, thanks. So, yeah. And again, and all this, you're not taking yourself too seriously. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely yeah. providing some entertainment for sure. And, you know, you and I are friends on Facebook. And, and so I see you post things about your editing you're doing and kind of kind of a little bit behind the scenes stuff that you post. I think it's cool that you share that. And I think you're on Instagram as well, right? Yeah, yeah I'm on, I'm yeah, on I think Instagram. I, yeah, I think I follow you there as well. And actually in a little bit here, you, know, you can share all your, you know, how people follow you and all that. We'll get to that. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So a couple more questions before we get to that point, though. You had to choose one of the other coaster idiots <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> to be stuck on a desert island with. Who would it be and why? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, I think I'd rather be by myself. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> yeah. valid answer. Just so they don't yeah. drive me crazy. <laughs> right. right. Uh, well, just a quick disclaimer. My wife doesn't really consider herself a coaster idiot, but she, if she did say she was, then I'd pick her. Um, okay. So she doesn't like kill me or something. So Nadine, if you're listening to this, so yeah, I would pick you. Yeah. Everyone else, like everyone's so chaotic. Honestly, I would, I would be fine with any of them. Okay. I don't know if I could pick one of them, but like, yeah, some of them are just like, yeah, like say if I was on that Island with Mark, <laughs> he's a character probably wouldn't stop talking about like some random crap he's mad about that he can't get to because he's stuck on an island and it would be like man i can't go to guatemala and ride that eight inversion intamin looper now i'm stuck on this island like the most random thought that like about normal life he'd be right. going about that i think some of the other guys would be chiller for sure but like mark or like logan let's say that would be insane right. <laughs> that would be insane he'd be like right. ryan I, I think there's a credit if we walk like for two miles this way and another half mile that I think there's a credit over there. Yeah. I feel five years out from now, where do you want El Toro Ryan to be? 
Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Cause yeah, actually I've never really had like an outlook for the channel the whole time I've been doing it. I've just kind of always like made videos that make or like just made me happy or I enjoyed. It's all a giant hobby for me. Right. Like some people ask me like, oh man, that must be like a second job for you. And I guess like when you think about it, it, it kind of is like, it takes a lot of time and effort. Oh yeah. But it's just, it's at the end of the day, it's just like, I love doing it. It's just fun. Sure. But I, I guess in five years, I'll take a step back again. Cause like, a, like when COVID hit, I made, I started making the problematic coaster series. So that right. was more like my technical and just, that's where I I got my nerdy side out because you know in the videos i showcase like the wild side at parks but right. in my head all the time i'm just thinking about the technical side how they work of course um and just you know experience experiences and I got a ch chance to channel that when COVID hit and I was forced to stay home. And so I was right. like, all right, like I finally have time to focus on something. So that's what happened. But I'd love to expand more on those. Oh, those nice. are, I really, I love making videos like that. They just take time, which it's just hard or any other series too, maybe where I can get more technical about something. Maybe another series where it's more entertainment focused. That's not necessarily coaster idiots. You don't have to rely on like vlogging, let's say like at a park, right. but you know, something I could do, you know, some sort of like, uh, kind of like what you're saying, what like Adam does, maybe Taylor does with the coaster parodies, but you know, kind of my own spin. I would want it to happen just kind of naturally. I wouldn't sure. want to like plan something that like, oh, I have to compete with them because I don't see any competitors. Most of them are all my friends and sure. I, I love seeing them grow and I just do this for fun. So that's awesome. Uh, that's great. Yeah, just, just something like that. Yeah. And just if the channel steadily kept growing during those five years, that'd be cool too. Yes. I love the attitude that you're kind of, you know, there is a lot of infighting in the community, you know, like yeah. the YouTube channels and just people and people not getting along. And yeah, it gets I love that weird. You know, people bullying each other. Logan, you know, uh, Coaster Kids and, and Jenny, they're big friends of the podcast. We've done a lot of work. Oh, with yeah, them. yeah. I love Logan. And, yeah. And Logan's talked about Jeff. You know, I interviewed Jeff very early on in season one, talking about Logan getting death threats. And it's, uh, it's oh so, gosh, it's really bad. So, yeah. I, you know, and, you know, one of the things that, again, I'd watched your videos. I'd met Mark. I'd met Logan, met some of the people from your channel. You know, then I met you. And, you know, just a couple of times we've seen each other at media days. And I could just see it in, immediately like, oh, wow, this is like, he's a nice guy. He's positive attitude. I could tell immediately that I could sense that from me just talking to you. Mm -hmm. And I see it here with talking to you today. So, what you said there about how you're not compa competition with anyone else, you just want everyone to get along and everything that totally makes sense and kind of the, that attitude that you put out there oh cool so, yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's awesome I mean, you mentioned the problematic coaster series so if i had more time i'd watch a lot more videos including yours oh, yeah, i understand I, they're long yeah, videos <laughs> yeah but <laughs> i'm long. familiar with that series i think i watched you did one on hagrid's right i did yeah i did i seem yeah. to recall watching that because hagrid's is yeah, i live five minutes from universe oh Atlanta. nice man that's, so, that's awesome <laughs> yeah like i said i'm really close to the parks now i moved in january it was an hour and a half from universal now i'm five minutes and i Oh, wow. That's quite amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's a huge upgrade. I'm so glad I made the move. And there's, there's other benefits to me moving from where I was to where I am now. And it's, mm -hmm. it's awesome. I love it. I love it. So I feel very fortunate again. So Hagrid's is, you know, literally two miles from here. That's so great. And, yeah. <laughs> and Hagrid's is the only family coaster that's on my top 10 because I'm a sucker for theming. And that ride is incredible. It, it, basically, oh, yeah. I consider Hagrid's to be the best mine train style coaster on the planet. Yes. Yeah. It's a yeah. great, it's a great yeah. way to call yeah. it. Yeah. And every thought yeah. about it as like a mind train yeah it's That's totally it's it. like yeah. completely yeah the other thing I'm, I'm a huge intimate fan uh, which i'm you know i'm sure you can respect oh, yeah. the El Toro <laughs> and yeah, El Toro. And that's why i got like el toro's like el, el toro several white whales i'm going after this year they're actually two of the big ones the big ones are these events sky rush i've not been on either oh wow okay so and then el toro so but el toro i'm super excited about because i love wooden coasters and I've heard oh yeah it's legend i've heard of yep. using this fab now it's different all that but anyway but, you know again hagrid's is an instrument of course and being an engineer i'm fascinated with hagrid's i mean i love the ride but being an engineer because mm. it is the most complex coaster ever built oh yeah, you know, yeah it's I, most I, expensive and you know all i completely launches, agree yeah two drop tracks although you don't know, experience one in a given ride but right and of course i love the technicals of why they needed to build two and you know, and all this and that, and they were smart too for redundancy because yeah. of, you know, it, it's just really interesting. But what, you know, watch your, remember watching your video a little bit. Yeah, that, that's that's cool. I, I think it's cool that you do that series and being that you kind of have that engineering side to you too, I can tell it's something you enjoy doing. So yeah, keep at it. I, that's my recommendation. Oh, thanks. Awesome. Can't wait to make another one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Gotta find some time, but yeah, I'll yeah. try to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. So last thing that we kind of ask you know, is, you know, we've had some fun here. We joked around. We talked about some serious topics. You know, obviously you're now familiar with the mission of Coaster Challenge being all about theme park therapy, helping people conquer their fears. Oh yeah, it's face amazing. anxiety and, and how your life can get better from that, even well beyond the park. So we talked about that. So 
given that mission, what kind of final piece of advice would you give those that are listening? I would definitely say if you're feeling some fear with coasters, I mean, you have other issues with your life, like mental problems or other things outside that definitely try to push yourself on at least one coast, especially, you know, involving roller coasters, just because it really can help break levels of fear that you might have. And it really could help you with other matters in your life. I know for me, especially as like a, a young kid, I used to be like very quiet, reserved. My mom still says to this day, like I'm a different person than I was then. And mm. I think like I was a real breakthrough moment, like when I started riding coasters to like become more brave and it helped me like loosen up as a person. It wasn't the only thing that made me who I am today. Yeah, I was like my wife and other things helped out greatly, Right, but it was such a spark to help. They just grow and become less fearful, really overcome other issues, you know, you might have. That's great. I love that advice because it's it hits me personally, quite frankly. And the reason why is not something that I've talked about some of the challenges I've faced in my own life here on the podcast and the interviews yeah. that I've done. But I think I've talked about this specific aspect of time career, I should say. So mm. I, I have bipolar disorders. I've been diagnosed with it since I was a late teen. Mm. And I've dealt with three clinical depressions in my life. Okay? Oh, okay. Now, what yeah. I don't think I've talked about is my last one, which was the longest of them and the worst of them. And it was oh, abused because of the person I was married to. And that's a whole nother psychological mm. abuse. It was really bad. But oh, man, I'm sorry. What I'm bringing it up for is not so much the cause, but again, it was the longest depression. I was living in San Diego at the time. It, the depression lasts a little more than a year, like a year and a quarter or so from okay. August of 2015 until June. January of 27. So on disability, off and on, it was really bad. Yeah, I had a lot of free time. Now, I want to share this because it relates to what you said, but also it's a huge warning and advice for us. So one of the things that is really bad about anxiety, for a lot of people, myself included, it coupled in with depression. Like the worst anxiety I've ever had is when I've been depressed. One of the worst things about anxiety is it prevents you from pursuing the self-care and the therapy and the help that you become your own worst enemy. Absolutely. And in a clinically, you know, acute anxiety scenario where I was for over a year, nonstop anxiety, like the only break I got from it was when I was sleeping. So I love to go to sleep. You know, a lot of us mm. love to sleep during depression. That's the big yeah. reason why we got right. a break from it. I wasn't getting a break from it. I wasn't. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. And even though I had all that free time, I didn't go to parks. I gave, I, you know, my Disney annual pass, like let them all expire. And I could have spent time at the parks. I have, I should have gone. It's when I could have gone. I had all this time off, months right, right. off at a time. Yeah. I didn't go because I didn't want to leave home. I didn't want to, you know, I was at all that anxiety. Well, and I think I've talked about this part on the podcast before, but in December, 2016, some friends of mine fortuitously kind of forced me to go to Disneyland. I've been there in a couple of years at that point. And it was December. It was the holidays. Have you been to Disneyland on the holidays, by the way, Ryan? I haven't been to Disneyland yet, actually, at all. Oh, yeah. okay. So again, I love coasters, but I love the theme, the, the high right. theme stuff, you know, yeah. which is why Universal is such a great fit for me. Why I love that. love Universal's parks in Orlando so much. But anyways, they dragged me to Disneyland. Disneyland, the holidays is amazing. The decorations mm-hmm. with the special stuff they do for the holidays, the fireworks. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And yeah. oh, it's so beautiful, especially at night. We were there all day and I was getting breaks from my anxiety, you know, getting on the rides and oh, just fantastic. being immersed that even not being on a ride I, was just, I literally saw myself in that moment like oh my gosh I had a few seconds where I wasn't nervous I wasn't anxious I wasn't upset about the future and that was the start of my recovery out of that deep pit that I was stuck in for over a year I really appreciate what you said there is if you're if you're anxious if you're depressed get yourself on a coaster so the listeners oh, yeah. it's probably the thing you don't want to do if you're stuck and I you know I need to think any of our listeners first comes out or People listen to it later, you know, but I hate to think people are depressed, but it happens, unfortunately, in, in life. So if you're feeling depressed, you're feeling anxious, and you're like, oh, I don't want to be in a park right now. That is when you should be going to a park, getting oh, yeah. on a coaster, Absolutely. getting that theme park therapy. So Brian, thank you so much for giving that advice because I can relate yeah. to it. I wish I would have had you to give me that advice four years ago, five years oh, ago, yeah. about three, six, <laughs> seven years ago now. Yeah, I, w- I would have yeah, dragged yeah. you on something, man. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, would have dragged yeah. you on whatever there was nearby. Appreciate yeah, that, of Ryan. So yeah, great advice. And every guest that we've had on the show now we've now had several dozen now we're now in our second season each person when we ask that question they have a different answer they have a different little gem that's why i love asking that question that's a great question come up with simple question but yeah thank you so the last thing ryan is in a way to kind of repay you if you will for taking the time with us sharing some of your some of your life with us and personal things and so forth is like you we're not competing with other channels we're not you know another me too podcast we're not trying to get views or listens or you know this is we're doing this all on a volunteer basis so to that end we like helping promote the creators the content creators podcasters youtubers etc you know anyone that just puts themselves out there we like to help them promote themselves so the last thing we ask before we end our interviews is for you to just go ahead and share how people can find you a website obviously a youtube channel social media, uh, any way people can find you, friend you, follow you, 
whatever you feel like sharing, please go ahead. Oh yeah, sure. And thank you. I'm most active on YouTube. You can find me at El Toro Ryan on YouTube. I also run a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram page also. Same name, El Toro Ryan. I'm not as active on those, especially like Twitter and Facebook. I'm not really too active on. YouTube, definitely you'll find me making videos there, the most active there. And I use Instagram a little bit from time to time. Right. I might right. suck at answering DMs, but I, I'm not ignoring you. I just, I'm just like an old man with it. I just don't check it that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, I, I can relate to what you just shared there because I've been on all the different social medias. The main ones, you know, either have been or am on. And I find Instagram, I think, is the best one. It's the one that has the least toxicity, right. but also yeah. for enthusiasts. That's, it's Suzy Central on Instagram. Oh, yeah. So they're the other channels. talking and meeting each other and just like it's so great it's yeah during this whole community and i love the stories and i do my own stories i'm starting to get more creative myself with them and adding things to them and music and animation things and oh yeah i love yeah, seeing totally. my friends stories and all the cringe, cringe stuff like <laughs> cringe stuff is the best and bennett coaster <laughs> dolphin's another good friend of mine he does great stuff like that there's i monkey i think there's so many great people oh yeah there's so many yeah so i'm not surprised that of all the social media that that's the one you're the most involved on than each of the others so obviously your youtube channel that's the, the main thing and so yeah. i encourage all of our listeners to check out your videos subscribe you're gonna laugh a lot uh, you'll learn some things too from the problematic coaster series and knows what else you might do from that like you said earlier in the future so thank you so much ryan for joining us today and sharing with us keep on doing those awesome videos oh absolutely and thank you so much for having me you guys have like an awesome message that you're promoting and i think it's just fantastic uh, thank this you. is so cool thank you ryan thank you thank you andrew thank you ryan that was an incredible interview jen that it was you know, I have to say, it's a real honor that Ryan from El Toyo Ryan has came on the podcast for our first time to celebrate our second season here. The fact that he grew up in New Jersey, now I know why he's El Toro Ryan, because his most favorite is El Toro over at Great Adventure. <laughs> uh, I have not had a chance to get on that coaster yet, but it is on my bucket list to accomplish. So I hope that uh, everybody else out there gets a chance to get up to Great Adventure this year. There's a lot of fun things going on over over there in that park got quite quite an incredible season ahead of us here guys a lot of great guests lined up it's gonna be a fun summer season can't wait to get into the fall man the holidays you know it looks like there's gonna be a lot of incredible stuff happening i can't wait for scared scary time yep. haunt oh season. sorry <laughs> yeah, it's only june but we're already gonna talk about haunts that's gonna be fun but anyway guys hope you guys enjoyed this week's uh, episode so bradley how can they find us on social media if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you, Bradley. Yes, guys, make sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast network and give us a thumbs up. Also, please give us a review. If your podcast network has an area where you can type a review, we really appreciate that. We work very hard to create these episodes to entertain all you guys out there and also to educate people out there and be able to help people be able to break their fears, break their anxieties and depression. We're just doing everything in our power to try to do the best we can here. So by giving us a positive review would really mean a lot to all of us here. And yeah, it's uh, going to be an incredible summer. Can't wait to share our episodes with you all throughout this season. It's just going to be very incredible. But until then, this is David Cantu. This is Jenna Gazelle. We'll see you all next week right here on Coaster Challenge. <laughs>